You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Shalom, Havarim Shalano. You know what? That's not going to work for this one, Nehemia, because I'm not going to do the regular greeting. And here's why. Why not? <laughs> it's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Folks, it is Keith Johnson here. We're looking at Prophet Pearls, finding pearls for you. But I'm with my special friend, Nehemia Gordon. It is your birthday. And in fact, Nehemia, your birthday falls on the same day as my oldest son, Taylor's birthday. I'd like to say happy birthday to both of you. Why don't you give us a good old birthday greeting here? Yeah, Yom Huled Sameach to Taylor. Um, can I tell you a really funny story? So, yes. Uh, last, my last birthday, I was in China, and um, there were nine foreign teachers there, and three of the foreign teachers have the same birthday. You're kidding my me. My birthday. <laughs> and, and in fact, the, the, the Chinese um, person who was doing the, the paperwork, you know, mm-hmm. applying for all the visas... She said she was, you know, filling out all the forms. And one of the questions on, every, on the visa form is your birthday, the, you know, the work visa. And she said, no, this has to be a mistake. There's eight, nine people, three <laughs> of the same birthday. And, and they're, and they're, you know, um, different ages and different years. No, it's obviously some kind of typo that somebody made a mistake. No. And, and, and so and it's really interesting. It made me think about like how scribes, the ancient scribes would come across a text and it would say something, and they'd be like, well, no, that's not what it's supposed to say. I've got to correct it. Mm-hmm. And so they would air quotes. I'm doing air quotes, people. They would air quote, quote, unquote, correct it. And really what they'd end up doing is introducing an error. Mm-hmm. Now, she was able to call us up on the phone or send an email and say, well, what's, your real, what's really your birthday? <laughs> but, but, you know, the scribes are sitting there, you know, by candlelight, by, you know, oil lamp in, in the dark, in the wet, in the cold. And they say, oh, yeah, that, that can't be what it says. And that's how you end up with, you know, a lot of these errors in some of the ancient manuscripts. Is well-meaning scribes who, you know, thought they were fixing something and end up Folks, messing it up. Folks, he thinks we're going to get into the business without saying "Happy birthday to you, Happy birthday Ooh, to you." Oh, uh, that, that's copywritten. So, oh, we we, edit that out. No, it's it's, it's <laughs> over hundred years. You can do it. <laughs> no, no, actually, that belongs to Disney. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't do the whole song. Do you know every time you do that song in a movie, they have to pay ten thousand dollars to Disney wow, or something? Wow, that's insane. amazing. Like that. Good thing we don't have, have money. to do that. <laughs> Hey, the other thing I want to tell you, Nehemia, not only is it your birthday, I just celebrated uh, my anniversary with my lovely wife, Andrea. I'd like to say happy anniversary to her. Our anniversary is on the 19th. We had our first son on the 22nd, not in the same year, <laughs> some years later. But so we always celebrate this time of year. It's, it's usually around the time of Thanksgiving. It's the time of, oh. of his birthday. It's the time of... So we'd like to add you into the celebration of I'm birthdays honored. at your hair at our yeah. house. So now my son's... Yeah, I, I was actually born the day before Thanksgiving. Wow, isn't it? amazing when we had him he was actually also born uh, i believe it was the day before thanksgiving so hey we're going to get into malachi but before we do that it just might be our prophet pearl partner's uh, birthday also sherry rogers from colorado is our prophet pearl partner she is i'm so excited about this nehemia you know we asked the partners if they have a question or a comment and she she did she took this serious and so we're going to get a chance to bring a little of that up in, in a couple of the verses. I know you're going to appreciate it. Sherry, thank you very much for your support. Thank and you, for Sherry. all of our Prophet Pro partners who have who have come alongside with us. Like I said, about half of them uh, have been covered. The other half we're still working on. But the good news is we are, we, are, we are on our way. So let's get started. Can we get started? Let's do it. We're right in Malachi chapter 1, which is connected to Genesis. And it's going to be real clear about why it is. That this is connected. So let's let's mm-hmm. get started. Yeah. Um, or can we before we get started? Mm-hmm. What do you think about the name Malachi? Can you tell us what that name means? 
Yeah, it's a really interesting name. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I think when I first heard a you know like uh, a non-Jew say the name Malachi, I had no clue what they were talking about. Oh, really? In English, Hebrew, we say Malachi. No, nope. I mean, it says it right here. I'm looking at yeah. Malachi. Yeah, but here. in Hebrew, it's Malachi. Oh boy, Malachi means my Malach, my angel. Whenever mm. it says the angel of the Lord, the angel of Jehovah, the word in Hebrew is Malach. That's angel. such a pearl. That's and Malachi is my angel. Ah, amazing. Um, and now you might say, well, wait a minute. He was a person. He wasn't an angel. But Malach is, you know, we use the word angel in English, which comes from the Greek angelos. Mm-hmm. But even in Greek, all that means is messenger. That's right. So Absolutely. there's a messenger who is a spirit messenger, you know, um, like the one that stood before, um, you know, uh, uh, Balaam. I understand that to be some kind of, you know, non-physical entity, which is why he couldn't see him at first until mm-hmm. his eyes were opened, um, even though his donkey saw him. Um, and then the other kind is is um, it's a flesh and blood Malach, a messenger. And we actually have examples where... Like, for example, someone will send a messenger, like a human messenger, to mm-hmm. a king, mm-hmm. and that will be called a ma'ach, a mm-hmm. messenger, an angel. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what's interesting. When we're, we're going to be reading uh, this, my tradition has always been that this is the last book yeah. of the quote-unquote Old Testament. Yeah. And, 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 and when I began to, to dive back into the Hebrew, uh, I noticed something really interesting. And I actually have a problem now mm-hmm. finding books in the Bible. Because I was trained for so many oh. <laughs> years in the in the English in the versions, going you know the way that we do. This is the last book, but then in the Hebrew Tanakh, this actually doesn't end up at the end of the book. No, no. So I mean, it's, it's at the end of the prophets. It's so. the Remember end of the three sections yeah. of Torah, prophets, writings, and it is at the end of the prophets. And in Jewish, uh, I guess you can call them tradition, history sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malachi Malachi is understood to be the last of the prophets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just one more thing about the angel. Uh, so Malachi was roughly around the same time as Haggai and Zechariah, mm-hmm. or Haggai and Zechariah. I don't know how do you say those names? Yeah. And, um, and you know, they're both in the. They're, they're really the three prophets of the Second Temple period, and mm-hmm. in Jewish sources, they're referred to as a trio, even though Malachi is obviously a little later from some mm-hmm. of the evidence. Mm-hmm. But Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Um, so the opening of Haggai in chapter one, verse thirteen of Haggai of Haggai, it says and. Um, and Vayomer Chagai Malach Yehovah, and Chagai the, the Malach, the angel, the mm-hmm. Malach, mm-hmm. Malachi um, of Yehovah, be Malachut Yehovah la'am, in his messengership, in his angelship, mm-hmm. uh, ship mm-hmm. of Yehovah to the people, saying. Um, so there's this concept in in the Second Temple Hebrew that a prophet is a Malach, is a messenger, could, an angel. Could we do something? And you know, I really, I know we're we're, yeah. we're we're getting right into it, but can we make this the word of the week? So sure. that people can understand Absolutely. what the Malach, can you explain yeah. to them how it's spelled? So, and I think it's really interesting, like you said, that the other prophet starts out and two different times yeah. that word is in the first yeah. verse. So. so we could actually do an entire um, three-hour teaching on the word Malach, but we're not going to. Um, we're not going to. So Malach is Mem, Lamed, Aleph, Chaf. Uh, and every Hebrew word, as we've said many times, this is the central concept of the Hebrew language. Uh, of all Semitic languages, has a three-letter root, except the ones that don't. But every word has a three-letter root. And the, what's the three-letter root of Malach? Let me ask you, Keith. You studied Hebrew. Mem. So, so we've got four letters. Lamed. Well, hold on. We've got four letters. Yes. And and only three letters can be the root. So you've got to get rid of a letter. Which letter can we get rid of? Let's get rid of Aleph. Can't get rid of. Can't Aleph. get rid of Aleph. It, Let's get rid of Kaf. Can't get rid of the Kaf. Can't get rid of. Uh, can't get rid of Mem. You can get rid of men. You can get rid of men. So the malach. <laughs> so it's lamed aleph kaf, mm-hmm. and that's actually extremely important about what this word malach means. What's another word in Hebrew that has to do with malach? The word melacha, which means work or labor, mm-hmm. and that's where it gets real interesting because 
And that's where we talk probably for about two hours and 45 minutes of the three hours. Because um, <laughs> milacha is, is the word for work or labor. And when it mm. says on Shabbat to rest, it says do no milacha. Mm. And what the definition of milacha is, there is thousands literally of pages in Jewish literature about the definition of this word milacha. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the root, it, that's a really important clue. The root of the word lamed alf kaf, what does that mean in Hebrew? Um, we don't know. But we can look at other Semitic languages because Hebrew is part of a family of languages. Mm-hmm. And the point is the meaning of this word has been lost mm-hmm. of this root in Hebrew. But we remember in other Semitic languages it means to send. Wow. La'aka in, La'aka. for example, Arabic mm-hmm. means to send. And so think about it. Malach is a messenger mm-hmm. and it's from the root meaning to send. Yes. And now think about the word for labor, work. Mm-hmm. It comes from the word to send. Mm-hmm. So and then that, now, now that gives a whole new dimension in the Ten Commandments when it says... Let your servant work and your female servant and your son and your daughter. If you're sending them to do work, that is labor. Mm. Isn't, that, isn't that powerful? You're going like to just that little root. You're going to pitch to me about the Ten Commandments. You know, we're in about week. Let's see. It must be about week uh, six in the, uh, the the Scripture Bites Ten Commandments, the Ten Matters series. People can go to BFAInternational.com. Watch it for free. Give your comments. But if you want the, the actual PDF where you can check to see if what Nehemiah said is true, you got to be a free member. It's <laughs> free, though. <laughs> What so, you can really check is to see if his PDF is correct. That's right. What I say is definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Can I start reading in the NIV here? Sure. In, Go in, ahead. In this, um, an, oracle, an oracle. An yeah. oracle. Uh, the word of Yehovah, the word of the Lord, reading in the NIV, the word of the Lord to Israel through <laughs> Malachi. Malachi. <laughs> Malachi. And here this is, here's this starts out in Chemia, and, and obviously this is the connection to the Torah portion. Everybody that's listening right now can obviously get, can, can listen to the Torah portion. We actually recorded, for those that don't know, about three years ago, it's in its fourth cycle, we uh, recorded the Torah portions, which takes the entire Torah, the first five books, and separates them into 54 54 mm-hmm. different sections. Yeah. So what we're doing right now is we're taking the prophet sections. If you haven't heard the history to this, uh, Nehemiah did a great job of explaining the context for why we're doing the prophets connected to the Torah sections. But the Torah portion section actually is in Genesis uh, 24, 25 regarding uh, Jacob and Esau. So right away, why did they pick yeah. this? Uh, why did they pick this passage? Here it is right away. It says this. I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? The Lord says, Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. And I have turned his uh, mountains into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. We've got to stop there. Of course we're going to stop Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. So so the first thing that jumps out at me is that, um, well, I mean, of course, there's the connection of, you know, God loves Yaakov, Jacob, Mm -hmm. and he hates Esau, Mm -hmm. Esau. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know spawned the nation of Edom, mm-hmm. the Edomites. We're actually going to talk about that, I believe, next week mm-hmm. in the episode, um, or, or two weeks, sorry, on the, the episode where we deal with the book of Obadiah, the mm-hmm. entire book of Obadiah, which is only like 21 verses. Yeah. <laughs> the entire book is about uh, Edom and the curse of Edom and um, the Edomites of, mm-hmm. of, um, of uh, Asaph. But uh, one of the things that jumps out at me in verse 3 is God says, Saneti, I hate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. God is the God of love. He doesn't hate. So are you saying this is wrong? I mean, it's right there. It says I'm saying it's the it. word of God and he's saying it. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and you, and you have this testimony, Keith. Yeah. You know, that that, this, makes oh, that changed my it. life. I mean, it, it, this whole idea of asking, you know, saying, teach me to love the things you love and hate the things you hate. And I think the reason God that it shaped, the, the reason that I, the reason that it shocked me is that I didn't know anything about that when I prayed the prayer. Mm-hmm. But when I prayed it, 
I then had to ask myself the question, Keith, when you prayed that prayer, do you know what those things are that God hates? And of course, we read through scripture and we find mm-hmm. that there actually are things. And now, of course, we're right here in this verse where he's talking about Esau. And if you haven't, if listen, if you haven't gotten a chance to mention to, 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 to listen to Torah pearls, at least open your Bible as you're as we're going through this and read the read the passage in, in Genesis to get your context about what's happening. Yeah, and so where can people listen to the original Torah Pearls? Uh, you can listen to it at com. You can listen to it at bfainternational.com. At where we're, we're doing Prophet Pearls, we have a connection right to their uh, link right to That's the, right. Yeah. Uh, so both of them. So um, it says this. Um, Edom may say, though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. Can I just bring one thing from our Prophet Pearl partner, uh, um, Sherry? She actually said this. She said... She, she listened to Torah pearls on the Torah portion. She said, I was intrigued by the current Jewish understanding of Edomite that Nehemiah had shared. This is must a real student here. It says that uh, he said that when this term is used, it is an euphemism for Christians. Taken with it, what else is known, it seems that this is not so much a specific nationality as it is a mindset toward Yudhevavhe, is what she says, one that despises him or disregards him. I was particularly struck by verse 4. Though Edom says we have been beaten down, but we will return to build up the ruins. This is also quoted in Isaiah 9, 9 through 11. Is she right about that? Yeah, let's look at it. Take a look at that. I mean, that's that's a, uh, pretty pretty amazing. Uh, but she's talking about it as you're looking for it. She says, immediately after and during the years following 9-11, and I wanted to give you a pitch to you about this because mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, American politicians arrogantly spoke these words, not realizing these words were the cause of judgment because they were rising up against what God was doing to curb the rebellion and disobedience of the people. So when she when she when she brought up that uh, when she brought up that verse, I thought, you know, let's take a look at Isaiah nine nine through eleven and see what the connection is. Can you read that? Um, you see it? Must be. <laughs> no, the bricks are falling down, but we will build with hewn stones. I, yeah. Your verse ten actually is talking about. It's in verse ten in the English. So what does that have to so do with this nine eleven? No, I'm no, saying no. this is what the, this is the connection with nine eleven. So our you know the point is that that they would quote the they would quote the verse, bring the verse up, and quote it as as and as a positive rather rather than putting it in context and understanding that it actually was. Um, but this isn't what negative. it says in Malachi. No, of course oh, not. She's talking okay. about Isaiah nine nine through. She's talking about what what is quoted in in nine nine through eleven. Oh. Talking about um, returning and building up the ruins. That's what verse oh, four is. She's saying, gotcha. "Though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins." She's okay. making a connection. So it's the there same sort of message. Exactly the same but, sort of. Message. But here's the interesting thing about Edom and 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 that whole issue of of um, Edom, how it's understood in Jewish sources. I do want to talk about that when we speak about Obadiah. I, okay. I don't want to get you know. There's so much to talk about in this section. Yeah. And Obadiah is you know mostly about Edom. Mm-hmm. So let's say so. That. What I appreciate what I appreciate though about uh, what she was doing is yeah. this, is this a great example? I mean, mm-hmm. here's a person who's studying scripture and sees this verse though we have been crushed we will rebuild the ruins and in her mind yeah. she hears that which was really right. you may have That's never heard it association, very yeah. association great association we thank you right. for that sherry um and and again the idea is when we're reading scripture there's a lot of times where there will be a portion or a section that's being used or cross parallel back and forth yeah and so it's, it's well, so, so what's the significance of this in verse four I, I think what he's trying to say is Look, Jacob, you might be crushed and you might be torn down and destroyed, but you will be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. But Edom will never be rebuilt. Mm. And then he says, you know, the uh, adolam. Now, my JPS it says the people damned forever of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what it says in Hebrew. <laughs> Is that what you have in your NIV? Well, let's see here now. What like ver- something like cursed or damned? It Is that what you here, have? That says here. But this is what the Lord Almighty says: They may build, but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked land, the people always under the wrath of the Lord. 
You'll see it with your own eyes. Great is the Lord even beyond the borders of Israel. So there it translates it as wrath, the mm-hmm. word that the JPS is damned. And in this case, I think your translation is correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zaam uh, means that anger. You know, mm-hmm. Yehovah is angry at. And, and I understand where they're getting it from, mm-hmm. but I think that's an incorrect translation. That Yehovah is angry at forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's a much better translation. Mm-hmm. Well, can, can, uh, I, I want to know because we're, we're getting... Yeah, we're, and actually NRSV, for example, the people with whom the Lord is angry forever. Mm-hmm. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So in verse 6, it says, A son honors his father and a servant his master. If I am a father, where is the... I, at this, I, I don't know what it is about this, this, yeah. this next two verses, but a son honors his father and a servant whoa, 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 his whoa. master. How would you skip over verse 5? I'm saying we we just I just read verse five. No, we got to talk seconds. about verse. Oh, five. go ahead, talk about verse five. Your eyes shall behold it, and you shall declare, "Great is Jehovah beyond the borders of Israel." Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean? What, what I, I mean in the context, what it's talking about is you're going to see the destruction, the eternal desolation of Edom, mm-hmm. of the Edomites, of Esau, mm-hmm. and based on that, you're going to realize, wait a minute, this isn't just the God of Israel; He's the God of the whole world. Amen. And you know, it's funny about that when we, when we we're reading in Isaiah, and He says, you know. Uh, the God of Israel, the God of the whole earth. In other words, you, yeah. you, you, you kind of sometimes people have this. I don't know if I should say sometimes people have this, but sometimes it can get confusing to say the God of Israel as if he's only he's only able to do what he can do for or in Israel. And what the scriptures keep reminding us, he's yes, he's the God of Israel. He's God. He's the God of the earth. And here he says, great is the Lord, even beyond the borders of Israel. In other words, he's much bigger. You know, I got to share the story that happened to me in Nepal. Mm-hmm. I got these uh, henna tattoos, which mm-hmm. made some people angry, but I'm okay with that. I was one of them. Um, so I, got these, I didn't understand what you were doing getting the tattoo. Well, what, 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 but it was amazing that what was on there. So that, so that, you so, scared me. I thought so they were permanent. Got, no, not permanent. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, it's like, no, you could look at my hands. They're not there. Um, but it's like this dye that you put on your hands, and it lasts for about three weeks. They say three weeks. didn't last three weeks. It lasted two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And in America, it usually lasts less. So anyway, it was like cost like $4 in the street in Nepal, and there's there's no cutting. It's just a superficial thing. Mm-hmm. But it's a dye that stains your skin. And I said, well, can you write the name Yehovah? Well, they don't know what that is. So they wrote it based on – I showed them on my iPad the name, and they were able to write it. It was so cool. And then I, I got stopped constantly by people on the street in Kathmandu, in the capital of Nepal. And I remember one particular incident where they asked me, what is on your hand? And I said, that's the name of my God, the God of Israel, the name Yehovah. And these people are, are Hindus, don't know anything about, you know, Jews, about Israel. But they, you know, and I said, he, he's the father in heaven. He's, you know, the, we believe he's the creator of the entire universe. And, and they got excited and they were, they were shouting hallelujah. <laughs> In Nepal and Kathmandu, these Hindus, it's amazing. Okay, so maybe it wasn't so bad that you got your arms It was a great testimony, thing. yeah. <laughs> well, we're actually going to do something further about this. By the way, I have this. a great study on my website, nehemiswall.com, about mm. this whole issue of uh, specifically shaving beards and tattoos. And there's a huge misconception out there by people who have been following certain traditions and not understanding it in its historical, cultural, and linguistic context. Now, Nehemia, you just brought that up. I mean, I... Great example. You brought that up. I mean, that, basically, that's what you've been about for as long as I've known you. You've yeah. been about trying to give people a chance to see it for themselves in its mm-hmm. original language, history, and context. Amen. And that's what the ministry is about. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. I, I know you're probably not ready for it, but it would be a great ministry to, minute. Let's do a ministry <laughs> minute. Right. Tell us about it real quick. So, yeah. So, I've got a bunch of studies there on my uh, website, nechemiaswall.com. My, my ministry is called My Core Hebrew Foundation. And um, the website's nechemiaswall.com. And I want to give a shout out to the people who, the, the, I call them the trumpeters, who are standing with me on the wall. You know, Nehemiah is the guy who built the wall, and, and there's people who are standing with me, uh, empowering other people to, you know, build the wall of faith and defend the word of Yehovah with knowledge. 
And one of the things we've been doing lately in the ministry is um, there's a bunch of teachings I've done over the last, I mean, I just listened to one today that was from like, uh, I couldn't even believe it was me. <laughs> it was like from over 10 years ago. And I'm speaking there about, um, there specifically in that one about the Masoretic text and the history of the Masoretic mm-hmm. text and, and how it was canonized and where, meaning where did it come from? And there's so many misconceptions out there. And I'm listening to this recording and realizing, oh, yeah, I guess everybody doesn't know this, you know. <laughs> well, that's why when you say um, obviously sometimes I think yeah. obviously to who, Nehemiah? Right. The people, well, you know. and, and so so one of the things I'm trying to do is get that information out there. And mm-hmm. uh, as I've learned from you and, and, you know, some of the really high quality work that you've done in, in your ministry mm-hmm. is, you know, it costs money to do that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. So so basically for for um, the information that you do have is, is now Nehemiaswall.com carrying all that information? Has it been transferred? I'm working on that. Meaning the, the website I had going back to like around 98 was karaitecorner.org. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that website was, was dated and aged. And I'm now transitioning, like, for example, the, the, the study on uh, mm-hmm. shaving mm-hmm. And, um, and tattoos. That, that's been there since, I don't know, probably since the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's now been migrated to NehemiahsWall.com. Can I bring something up? Sure. Can I take a little bit of your minute? Go ahead. I think one of the things that's important about that, I just found out some information, is that you know when people have a website, they say, oh, the web is free. You just go in and you can do whatever, <laughs> except for the people who own the website. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that's interesting, the more people that come to your site, the more people that come to our site, yeah. actually the costs go up. Oh, I yeah. mean, the, basically the server. <laughs> Incredibly. Uh, we, we just got some, had some information about that. But again, in terms of the process that you're in right now, mm-hmm. It would help to have some people that were blowing that trumpet with mm-hmm. you um, to stand yeah. with you as you bring that information onto the site. Is that is that Absolutely, fair? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, but folks, if you're um, if you're listening, you want that information. It certainly changed my life having access to it. Now, let me just bring up my little ministry minute. Is that as if all goes well, I'm actually recording this uh, episode right now, and I am presently, if all goes according to plan, I am in the Philippines right now. Oh yeah. During this weekend. Uh, sharing with a group of um, pastors, uh, a church. Uh, I've got the email that talks about all the logistics. I'm going to be speaking three different times, including to a, a number of pastors in the, in, the, in the area of the Philippines. So it's one of the things that I really am committed to do is to get to the people when the invitation comes for an open door for effective ministry. And again, to my lovely wife, Andrea, uh, we celebrate our anniversary on the 19th. And then come to find out that the flight that I am actually <laughs> flow to the Philippines was at 1230 a.m. on the 20th. <laughs> so the 19th is our anniversary. The 20th, I'm flying all night to get to the Philippines so that I can then be available for that weekend. So, Andrea, thank you so much for blessing me. Uh, she she agreed on it before I, I said yes. I just didn't look at the details. <laughs> so I just want to say um, for us, BFAInternational.com, if you go to our website, three different levels. One is a person who just wants to see what we're doing. Two are free members who get access to you know PDFs and, and all sorts of things. And three are premium content folks who I have to say – I'm really humbled by it. those are people that spend a minimum of nine ninety nine a month and they're helping us prepare for other things, the other things that are coming. But then we give them access to everything, including all of the highest level of information, inspiration and revelation. So please consider becoming a part of the premium content library. And for all of you that are the uh, website, I'm overwhelmed at the stats. I'm talking to uh, our web guy and he's like, you know, Keith, this is amazing. It's actually working. We're reaching people around the world, inspiring them to build the biblical foundation for their faith. So that's the ministry minute. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Can let's, we do that? Let's do it. Absolutely. Thank you, folks. A son honors his father. Here's the verse I like. Yeah. And a servant is master. But if I'm a father, and we know that he is, Amen. where is the honor due me? If I'm a master, where is the respect due me, says. And then 
this 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 I, Nehemiah he does this over and over again in this in this in this book in this part that we're talking about. Yeah. He says, "Respect me, do says the Lord Almighty." That's what it says <laughs> in my. <laughs> that's what it says. Yeah, that's what it says. What does it okay, say? It in says Hebrew? in Hebrew, "Yehovah Tzavaot, Yehovah of Hosts." And and we talked a little bit about that a few yeah. weeks ago. Uh, and we're gonna hear we're gonna see this title again. Mm-hmm. Um, it is you, O priest, who show contempt. And then these three words. Now, does he really mean this? For my name, meaning practically, it's just it's, it's just a generalization, right? He doesn't mean also for his name, really his name. It's 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 just the idea of his name, right? Or would you would, do you do you think he also means his name in practicality, or is it just kind of a? Well, I a think gen- in this context, you know, they ask, so how do we, how have we despised your name? And he tells them, mm-hmm. meaning through their actions, they've shown that we despise. And I say despise. That's what it says in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know. He explains to them, this is how you've despised my name, by the way that you treat my altar. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, you know, in the, our book, Prayer to Our Father, Hebrew Origins of the Lord's Prayer, which is actually available on both sites. The mm-hmm. second phrase where, where uh, Yeshua teaches, your name be sanctified and it's called a call to action. And when you think about that word, yeah. meaning his name being sanctified, I would say that, that again, that goes beyond how just speaking his name and, and knowing it, but Absolutely. that his name... Who he is, everything about him must be right. set and, apart. And, 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 and I think most people would agree with that. Where 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 it gets complicated is people will say, "Oh no, it doesn't actually mean his name. Yeah. It only means the indirect things that reflect exactly. upon his name." Exactly. And like, what? No, of course it has it the, the, the basic meaning. Yes. And then everything that exp, exp, you know that that yeah. expands from that. Thank you. So he says, um, "But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name?" And now practical. You, you yeah. don't ask the question because if you ask the question. He might answer. Yeah. <laughs> so can I go through the answers real Let's quick? Let's do it, yeah. It says here, you place defiled food on my altar, but we ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that Yehovah, the Lord's table, is contemptible. Now, I have to tell you, Nehemiah, when I got there and stopped there, I thought, is, are we doing word? What, you know, like what, what do you see is happening when you're reading those couple verses? Is it clear to you what he's saying? Oh, this is crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. And then he gives more elaboration in verse mm-hmm. 8. Mm-hmm. So let's read that and then, and then yep. can we go back? Yes. I want to go back to those words at the end of verse 7. Let me do it in English and then crucial. you go back. It says, when yeah. you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. Uh, would, you, would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Can, can I stop for a minute about yep. this word governor? Yes. So this is... You know, the time of Malachi, mm-hmm. who is uh, during the Persian rule, mm-hmm. and um, you know, sometime probably in the fourth century, mm-hmm. um, and the Persians, you know, under Persian rule, there wasn't a king of Israel; mm-hmm. there was a governor. Mm. Um, one of the governors was Nehemiah, Nehemiah, mm-hmm. but later there were other governors of all kinds of different qualities and, and characters. And his point is, you're going to bring this offering to me. You wouldn't bring this to your governor, the who isn't mm. even the king. He's not even the emperor. He's mm. just some Persian official. But you're going to bring it to me? Yeah. Wow, <laughs> but that's actually really inter- that's a tell of what you know exactly what period of history this is. You couldn't yeah. you couldn't have had Isaiah speak about you know the governor who would have spoken about was, the king exactly. And that's again an important issue for context. And if yeah. you understand the history and the context, it helps you understand the word of God. Yeah. And then he says again, he comes up with this phrase again. Nehemiah says, "Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you?" Says Yehovah Tzavaot, the Lord Almighty. In my in my English, uh, mm-hmm. now it says in verse nine. Now implore God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you? Sayeth again, the third time, Nehemiah. Yeah. Yehovah Sava'ot. Verse 10. 
Oh, that one of you would shut the temple door so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, says Yehovah Tzavaot, and I will accept no offering from your hands. Now, can we go back to verse 7? Yes, we must. So this is really, to me, this is, this is, wow. So, you know, the first part of me when I read this thinks like, okay, this is talking about sacrifices. We don't have sacrifices today. There's no temple. Mm-hmm. Um What's the application of this today? You know, mm-hmm. this is what we've talked about. Biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. In the future, I believe it says in Ezekiel, so I believe it's true, that the temple will be rebuilt and there will be sacrifices. Mm-hmm. You, people read it. It's Ezekiel chapters 40 through 48. Mm-hmm. It describes the sacrifices. It describes the mm-hmm. building of this temple, the structure, the, the size and dimensions. Mm-hmm. But what about for today? Yeah. What's the application today? And one of the things that comes to mind is something that, you know, we're pre-recording this. You said it's my birthday, but we're actually... Um, we're not even in November yet. Um, and, <laughs> and one, let me just, can I explain something to folks? Yeah. One of the reasons that we're doing this is that we had an opportunity to be physically together and Sakharuta, right. it helps. The other yeah. reason is yeah. that both of us have schedules where sometimes, like right now, this weekend, right. I don't even know if I have internet access. So we couldn't necessarily right, right. record oh, it. And then, you, <laughs> and then you, and then you, being where you're at, the wandering yeah. Jew, I mean, yeah. <laughs> who knows where you're going to be? I don't That's even like, know what country I'll be in. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, so, but what's the application today? And, 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 and literally today, one of the things that's happening is there's this, this um, let, let, let me back up before that. So the, 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 the t- what it literally says is when, you know, how have we, defi- how have we despised you is what it says, or mm-hmm. this is, um, you know, defiled, despised. When you say the, the, um, the table of Yehovah is despised, is that what you have? Let's see the here. altar. It says literally the, says altar, the table. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what is the table? The table mm-hmm. is the altar, or there was actually a table in the temple. But in any event, it's saying that the whole temple is something we despise. And here's something I've heard rabbis say. Mm-hmm. I've heard Orthodox Jewish rabbis stand up and publicly say that, you know, we have these prayers where we pray for the temple to be rebuilt, but we don't really mean it. And the last thing we really want is for the temple to be rebuilt. Because if the temple's rebuilt, then well, our synagogue won't be very all that important anymore, will it? You know, our, our synagogues are. And, and, and in some Jewish circles, they'll actually call the synagogue a temple. Um and so here is, is you know, I, the way I see it, many of these rabbis are committing this exact sin of Malachi 1.7. And, and then they'll actually go into saying how they despise the sacrifices. Mm-hmm. They'll say sacrifices with blood and burning fat. And well, that's disgusting. We're too civilized for that. We don't want that. Mm-hmm. And I read this and I say, wow, this is as relevant today as it was maybe even more so than it was, you know, uh, 2,500 years ago. Because back mm-hmm. then, the issue was, you know, okay, we want to skate by and do the minimal. We don't want, we're going to bring you, you know, the the, um, the 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 sheep who has a broken leg because we can't use it anyway. It's a way of, you know, even though we, we owe you like a proper sacrifice. Now they're saying we wouldn't even, we don't even want to bring sacrifices. Sacrifices are primitive, they're barbaric. We want nothing to do with them. And then another application today, and here's the exception to this rule. You know, so, so the attitude of most Jews today is, you know, the Temple Mount, well, that, we have nothing to do with us. You know, mm-hmm. that was important back then. And yeah, it has some symbolic importance, but we don't really want it. Let the Muslims have it. It's too much trouble. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we don't really want it. And so much so that in 1967, this is a very famous thing, that when they captured the Temple Mount, mm-hmm. they announced over the radio, Ha-ha-bayit the yes. Temple Mount is in our hand. Temple Mount is in our and hands. this was one of the most dramatic events in modern Jewish history. Mm-hmm. But then they immediately moved on and went to the Western Wall. Mm-hmm. And I liken this to, you know, imagine going to the White House and you, and you go through the, the, the Oval Office and you go straight through the Oval Office to the guard shack at the front of the White House. That's what that is. Um, 
And, you know, so this, so this is, you know, like, I don't want to be in the Oval Office. I got to get my photo op in front of the outside gate, you mm-hmm. know, where everybody gets their photo. I mean, that, I mean, so really, so, so this is a modern day version of what they said. Mm-hmm. The table of Jehovah is the spies. We don't want that, that Temple Mount. And, mm-hmm. and an exception to that, you know, I said rabbis say this and they do this and they discourage people from going to the Temple Mount. But one of the great exceptions that I want to honor today is um, this friend of yours, Rabbi Yehuda Glick, who mm-hmm. right now, as we're speaking, is laying on a uh, in a hospital bed in Jerusalem on a ventilator mm-hmm. because he defied this attitude of the Jews Come even that today mm-hmm. that the table of Jehovah is scorned, mm-hmm. the table of Jehovah is spot- despised. He said, "No, this is the holiest spot in the universe. We must pray here. We as Jews and uh, other people who um, should have the right to pray here, you know, Jews and Christians should have the right to come up to this place and pray, mm-hmm. which is forbidden by the Muslim authorities." Who have uh, you know taken over the spot? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. It's about interesting that? about two. Here were two days after uh, he was uh, attempted assassination. As we mentioned, we're, we're recording this early, and the great news is that people around the world have been praying. In two two days, we heard it from the doctor today that it, that that his vital the vital organs were not uh, hit. Four bullets went into his body. Wow. It didn't get the spine. Didn't hit the other vital areas. But he's had two surgeries. He has another one. It's our prayer that by the time you hear yes. this uh, this this recording, he will be up and about and on his way back to the. Temple Mount, uh, Rabbi Glick, I believe. In fact, I don't know if I forgot to tell you this. Mm-hmm. When we announced that we were doing Prophet Pearls, yeah. he sent me a personal note really? and said congratulations that he was excited for us to be doing wow. that. So we are sending special, uh, special um, blessing to you, Rabbi Glick, and look forward to seeing you, Panim Al Panim, face to face, as he does what he does. So, but yeah. Nehemiah, also about this, can I bring another present day situation? Sure. Do you remember when we had? And I always bring you back to these Bible studies. Do you remember when we were having a Bible study talking about the sacrifices? And now let me go on the positive side of the sacrifices. Though I can't bring a sacrifice physically, what other sacrifice can I bring? Do you remember the Bible study we had? You pay for the cows with your... Can can we hold that until we get to the section of Hosea? Okay, we'll have to hold it. We have a profit pearls on that. It's actually next week. Okay. You're going to bring it now. I can't bring it now. You're jumping the gun. Okay, sorry about that, folks. Hey, next week we'll talk about that. But but again, the the issue that we actually can address the issue of, of what it means when we're reading this. The fact that you brought that to present day yeah. is what the is sort of the beauty of this whole issue. And when these images come up, we can answer. You got to keep listening to Prophet Pearls, folks. It gets better <laughs> and better week by week by week. Can I keep reading? Well, so so yeah, and and, and verse eleven is our next verse. We we yeah. Oh, this is it. No, I mean I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let you talk. About I'm not, this. No, I'm not you talk about this. <laughs> My name will be great among the nations, from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name because my name will be great among the nations, says Yehovah Tzavahot. And before you bring your example, I just think it's so interesting. You know, this weekend, what am I talking about in the Philippines? (laughs) One of three things. God's time, God's Torah, God's tetragrammaton, his name. And the people in the Philippines are saying, tell us about his name. His name will be great amongst the nations. Now, you have even a better example. In fact, the picture that we're using for this for this, this week is, is important. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, before I get to that, so I, I actually spoke at the same mm-hmm. church in the Philippines. It's a wonderful church in Davao City, uh, mm-hmm. Faith Revival Center, it's called, with Pastor Fest, an amazing mm-hmm. man. Um, you'll meet him, and uh, you're meeting him now as this is being broadcast. And I was so honored because I get there to speak, and at the front of the at the front of the church, they have this huge banner which has the name Yehovah with full vowels and full accents, 
It was really cool. And this is like the Philippines. Like, you know, from the pers- – I mean, think about it. It's like the uh, it's the other side of the world from America where, where, mm-hmm. you know, where we're sitting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how far away, further away you, could you get? Well, so I want to share this one story. You know, because I read this verse, um, it, you know, from the, from the rising of the sun until it's setting, my name is great among the nations and in every place. Incense is burnt to my name and offering, pure offerings – for my name is great among the nations, says Jehovah of hosts. This isn't about Israel. This is about the non-Israelites who look to the God of Israel and realize he's this amazing. He's amazing. Oh. He's great. And they honor his name. And and I had a great, you know, um, encounter with that from this woman in Iceland. Mm-hmm. This woman named Sigrun. I'm probably mispronouncing her name. Uh, but who can pronounce Icelandic except for the 250,000 natives of Iceland? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's one of the countries with the smallest population in the world. And Iceland um, is like some island in the middle of the Atlantic. I mean, really, from our perspective, it's even more remote than the Philippines. Mm -hmm. The Philippines has something like 100 million people. Mm -hmm. You know, Iceland is a country with 250,000 people. Uh, Is that – how many people are in Charlotte? I mean, Uh, it's got to be – I mean, it's just – I think 350,000. So there's fewer people in the whole country of Iceland than in this city where we are right now in Charlotte. So she writes through this email – about an experience she had. Let me read it. She says, um, uh, this is a Torah keeper in uh, in Iceland. She says, Shalom Nehemia. When I first read your book, Shattering the Conspiracy of Silence, it really stirred something in me, and I started to pray about the name, which I had been taught to pronounce as Yahweh. I think it was the next day that the Jehovah's Witnesses knocked on my door, and to their surprise, I pulled them in and offered them a drink of water. They did not want coffee. They sat down. Uh, I sat down with them and bombarded them with many questions. So imagine she, she's, you know, <laughs> she's not shutting the door. She's actually talking. I guess they were a little uh, flabbergasted by this, stuttered to try to answer my questions about why they use the name Jehovah and not Yahweh. The Jehovah's Witnesses said they knew that Yahweh was probably more correct. <laughs> <laughs> so the Jehovah's Witnesses are telling her that Yahweh is the true name. Wow. But, and I said, no, 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 I'm not trying to convert you. I just want information about why you pronounce it this way. Time flew by, and after a while, one of them said... My husband must be out looking for me. We have to go now. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. They had enough of me and my questions. So, so that wasn't the end of the story. That's what's really powerful about this. Sigrun comes to find out that in the National Museum of Iceland, there are these three altarpieces, which are these decorations that are used to be at the front of churches. Now they're in the museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they all three of them have the name yud Hey vav Hey in Hebrew on them. And that's what, you know, and I said to her, okay, I, I said, look, I, I can't, just can't take your word for it or see some photo on the internet. Can you please contact the Mu- National Museum of Iceland and ask them for a high-resolution photograph of, of these altarpieces? I need to see it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. And so I get this, um, you know, th- this email a few weeks later of these high-resolution photographs, and one of them is just so beautiful because it has the name Yehovah with the full vowels. With the with that you know missing you know that what you call the cholam from heaven mm-hmm, yeah. you know in your book his hal name revealed again mm-hmm. and it has you know rays of light coming out of it you know um, you know which again reminds me of this verse you know from this rising of the sun until it's setting my name is great my name is great among the nations and here mm-hmm. it is at the center of the world with the light coming out of it in the clouds uh, on the on the front of an altarpiece in um, you know in 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 a, in a church and you know let me just quickly tell you about this um somewhere here i have the information it's a church from like i don't know the 1600s or something like that Mm -hmm. and um and what was interesting here's a really interesting part to me so um 
So Sigrun tells me that, you know, so the church has, or sorry, the National Museum of Holland, uh, not Holland, Iceland, Mm -hmm. National Museum of Iceland has a condition. They say, you can use our high-resolution photograph that's never been published on one condition. And what's the condition? They say, we want to know what, what's written in, in, the, in, this, in Hebrew on the top of this altarpiece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, I'll tell you exactly what's written. Amen. Uh, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like, so I write back to them, and apparently they're going to incorporate that into their information of, you know, and telling. So now people will come to this, and they'll know what it actually says. Because the people in Holland, they don't exactly, they know it's God's name, but so they don't actually remember. So did you already send it to them to come here? Yeah, I sent it to him. I hope it's not tell, what did, you t- did you tell him something about why it, why that's in, in inside the triangle? Absolutely. Can I read you what I, what I yes, wrote? Yes, absolutely. That's what I wanted you to do. I, I said, uh, the Tetragrammaton, the name of God, Yehovah, written with the full Hebrew uh, consonants and vowels. God's name is set inside a triangle representing the three Hebrew verbs that together form his name. Hayah, he that was. Hoveh, he that is. And Yehieh, he that will be, or he that is to come. The rays of light coming from the name represent the divine glory. This glorification of God's holy name comes from a church in Iceland and serves an illustration of the verse. For, and then I quoted this verse, Malachi 1.11. For from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, my name is great among the nations. Now you think, folks, that this is, I mean, this is, this is <laughs> great. This amazing. is this amazing. So here you've got a chance to see the picture right there in high, high resolution yeah. picture that's on, that's on the website. Be able to, to, to listen to this, but then to know the story behind it. I just think that's... That's amazing. And again, not to give you more than one ministry minute, but I think that's the the strength, Nehemiah. I mean, that basically that they could say, we don't know. We yeah. want to know. Could yeah. you help us know? And yeah. that's what you were able to do. So that's I, a blessing. To, to me, this is such an amazing thing because, I, and by the way, the church is in a place called Ketusvallr, Iceland from 1768. And like I said, there's two others in the museum there. You can go to the National Museum of Iceland website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that I read this verse and I'm a little skeptical. I'll be honest with you. That's what blew me away here. I read this verse and I say, really? In the time of Malachi, there's, there's non-Israelites who are burning incense to Jehovah's name, but they're doing it in Iceland. They're, they're, they're honoring his name in Iceland, which, you know, like I said, that, I mean, it, it, it's, it's I, I a, have to be honest a with a you. Bunch of I mean, and we, volcanoes and sheep. We've been in different places together in South Africa. We've been in South Africa. And, yeah. It, Different places, and, and, and one of the things that is amazing is how many times we'll find people, present day, mm-hmm. who have no reason to, quote-unquote, be connected to, to the name, yeah. and yet they're having this revelation of the name, and, 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 it's, and it's around the world. I got to go back, yeah. way back in 2010, I sent out little, my little, the little study you told me about. It's called the little study. It's got its own life. And I sent it's it to 500 people, 500 people in different parts of the world, yeah. and the responses were amazing when people would write. And now, again, here you, I mean, obviously, this has been there for a long, long time. But that witness of his name is literally around the world. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) So the words of the prophets are true. (sighs) Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Here we go. Can I, can I go? Oh, no, well, no, hold on. Here's just, 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 I'm just, I'm just reading uh, verse 11 and then 12. Mm -hmm. It says this, but you profane it. By saying of the Lord's table, it is defiled, it is of its food, it is contemptible. And you say, what a burden. And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. And again, one more, two more times mm-hmm. where he uses his name. When you bring injured, crippled, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it 
but then sacrifice a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to Amen. be feared. I'll tell you what happens when I read that. <laughs> I immediately go back to the great beginning king. of Malik, uh, Malachi. I go immediately back to the whole issue of Jacob and Esau. Mm. And about the fact that here he's talking about what offering are you bringing? And oftentimes people say, well, you know, uh, Jacob's office offering was legitimate and Esau's offering wasn't legitimate. But that's actually not the issue. Mm -hmm. The issue is what is behind the offering. And mm -hmm. in, in effect, when we read this, we're talking about what's behind the offering. Yep. Why do you bring why do you bring the blemish sheep? Why do you bring them? Because this is what you're bringing to me. Do I not require, do I not ex deserve deserve more? Do I not deserve your best? And I mean, it really, we're talking about here, not only the offering, we're talking about what's behind the offering. Yeah. And, and that's a message throughout the prophets that mm -hmm. we see that, you know, they talk about, we don't want these, you know, uh, rivers of oil and blood mm -hmm. and, and, you know, uh, countless sacrifices. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be doing this while you're sinning, there has to be mm -hmm. uh, a repentant heart mm -hmm. and you have to come to, you know, Yehovah in, in truth and, um, and, you know, with humility and, and their point was, well, no, I just bring the sacrifice and I fulfill the duty and that's all I have to worry about. Mm. And there's people that are listening right now that, you know, sometimes people get into this, 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 this mode where they say, you know, I don't want anything to do with all the rules and regulations and sacrifices and all of that. But what was behind it? What's the heart of it? And the heart of it is to be mm. able to come and to honor him. You know, mm -hmm. giving a sacrifice of praise, we talk about in my tradition, being a sacrifice of praise, mm -hmm. that, that it's, 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 it's our heart. It's bringing everything we are to him. So these things that are the animals that are representative, those aren't the everything. It should be the manifestation, the overflow of our now, relationship. Now you're going to force me to jump ahead, but we're, we're going to talk about more next week and bring Psalm 51 because I just, I mean. I, you now you to, are going to jump ahead. How can I not bring that now? Just read it real quick um, and then we'll talk about it more next week. Where he says, um, Psalm 51 in the Hebrew, it's verse 18. In the English, it's verse 16. It says, For you desire not sacrifice, else would I give it. You desire, you delight not in burnt offering. The sacrifice of God, sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Meaning, don't reject our sacrifice. We'll talk about that more next week. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Now, and now, this admonition is for you, O priests. If you do not listen and if you do not set your heart to honor my name, says again, the Lord of hosts in my Bible, it says the Lord Almighty, mm -hmm. I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not set your heart to honor me. That's that's mm -hmm. just a, a, a verse of not only accountability. You just have to look at that and say um, that, that's sobering. Yeah. I mean, it's sobering to say that, you know, and, and, and again, one of the things that's sobering, he says, I will, I will be the one that will send the curse upon you. In mm -hmm. other words, it, a curse will just come upon you. No. He says, I will send it. It's almost like mm -hmm. God has this ability to do whatever he wants, whenever he yeah, wants, not however almost, he wants. He does. Where, it yeah. almost seems that way. Okay. So here's verse 3. Yeah. It says this. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will spread on your faces the offal from your festival sacrifice. Ooh, Ooh that's what offal. It doesn't say offal. Uh, well, that's what it says. Can you tell people what offal means? Well, offal, it seems to me like it must be some kind of no, a substance. Offal is actually like um, in, uh, innards, like, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that people don't eat except unless they're on a ketogenic diet, um, mm -hmm. like liver and, you know, things like that. Um, but that's But in Hebrew, it says dung. Mm -hmm. I'll spread the dung on your face. Okay, I'm glad it says it that way. So now, <laughs> I think you guys get the idea. Like in the King James, it actually yeah. has dung. Yeah. So, um, GPS has dung. Yeah. So, so why does it say awful in your in your NIV? Well, I think they're being they're maybe they're just using a nicer. Um, well, maybe no, one of the reasons they're saying awful is that uh, is that it's coming from the inside. 
The, this is the this is this this is the committee. But there is a word for offal. Okay. Offal is actually the best part of the animal to eat, and which why, why it's burnt for sacrifices according okay. to a ketogenic diet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you then will know that I have sent you this admon- admonition so that my covenant with Levi Levi may continue. Saith Yehovah Tzavaot, Yehovah of hosts, Lord Almighty. Now yeah. verse five. So, oh, well, we, go ahead. so well, we've got to talk about the covenant of Levi. Yeah. Let's let's get to the end of the section because yep. like yep. four through seven, the unit. Yep. And we'll actually, that's that. yeah. My covenant was with him, and I'll read the rest of it so we can continue. My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and turned many from sin. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge. And from his mouth, men should seek instruction because he is the what? The angel, Malach. And you learned this word earlier. So we start out with the name of the prophet. We do the word of the the week. And then the verse ends with that particular word. For he is the Malach, the angel, the messenger of Yehovah of hosts. Mm -hmm. And and you have instruction they will seek from his mouth. It says in Hebrew, obviously, Torah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something we had talked about that, that mm-hmm. you know, in, in, uh, we saw in Jeremiah and Ezekiel mm-hmm. that you seek uh, prophecy from the, you know, vision from the prophet, word from the prophet, and you seek Torah from the Kohen. Mm-hmm. That's this concept in ancient Israel. And, 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 and we have this contrast. Think about how is verses four through seven connect to verses one through three where, where he's being rebuked and warned. And, and, mm-hmm. and the point is that the Kohen, the, the Levitical priest, has this extremely heavy burden on him, mm-hmm. this heavy burden of representing Yehovah and being his messenger. The angel, the messenger represents the person that sends him. You know, you, you have these great, you know, verses in the Tanakh, like, for example, where, where Balak, and I think we talked about this in Torah Pearls, mm-hmm. uh, Balak, he's the, the king of Midian, and he sends uh, a messenger. And the messenger doesn't say, thus says, you know, uh, you know Jim in the name of Balak. He mm-hmm. says, no, thus says Balak. And then everything that comes after that is Balak speaking in first person. Mm-hmm. You know, I this, I that, me. And, it, and, it, and it's as if Balak is speaking himself. Mm-hmm. And so the, the role of the priest is that when he speaks... He should be speaking the words of Yehovah mm-hmm. and should be speaking the Torah and not his own words. And this is why he's being rebuked because he's not doing that. And, and you know, I'll let you talk. In the, but then we have to talk about this covenant of Le- Levi and, and what that means. You know, it's funny. I, I, whenever I read this kind of stuff, I actually end up going to my favorite New Testament book. And uh, it's my favorite New Testament book because when uh, so a long, long time ago, I used to do these memory verses. And I mean, then I would memorize a paragraph and eventually I memorized a book. And the book I memorized was the book of James. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about memorizing that book, it just seemed so practical. So, for example, it talks about, you know, teachers will be judged more strictly. But one of the other things that, that it talks about is taming the tongue. It says, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers. This is chapter 3 of James, if it's okay. Um, because, and speaking of teachers, as those who are teaching, um, teaching the, the things of God. This is not like you in China that's, you know, teaching English. I mean, this, is, this is a spiritual thing here. It says, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all struggle in many ways. If anyone is never at fault at what he says, he's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body. But when we put bits, bits into the mouths of horses to make them uh, obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. All they are, they are so large, and this is connected, and are driven by strong winds. They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire. The tongue is also a fire. So he's basically saying what they're saying 
In other words, how they're speaking is, is some indication of what's going on behind them. Another great verse I love, Luke 6, 45, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when I'm reading in Malachi, at least when I'm looking at Malachi and he's talking about these, he's talking about these teachers, it just seems to me that it's like saying, let, let me, let me read it again in my, uh, in my ver- version here. He says, um, uh, da, 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 da. I'm looking off here. Ammonition, my covenant was with him. Ah, true instruction was in his mouth and nothing false was found on his lips. Then he says, for the lips of a priest, those that are the ones that are supposed to be bringing the knowledge mm-hmm. ought to preserve knowledge. And from his mouth, men should seek instruction because he's the messenger. So what is he talking about? You're bringing forth the message. This, it's like the indicator. So I'm going to listen to what you say, and that's going to let me know that you're the one that's representing him. Right. And, and the point is that the priests weren't doing this in this period, mm-hmm. um, the Kohanim. So, so I just got to really, and I think we talked about this in Torah Pearls. I've spoken about it before. So I find a lot of people confuse the difference between a Levite and a, and a priest. Yeah. Yeah. We actually so, talked, yeah, Torah yeah. Pearls was a really good conversation. Yeah. So, so Levi, uh, you know, Levi, Levi mm-hmm. were the, was a tribe, one of the 12 tribes, one of the 12 sons mm-hmm. of Israel. And within that, there was a subgroup called Kohen, mm-hmm. priest, and those were Aaron and his descendants. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those are referred to as Levitical priests, mm-hmm. Kohanim Levi'im, because they were priests from the tribe of Levi. Mm-hmm. And there are other types of priests, like uh, we have Melchizedek was a priest, Melchizedek. We have the sons of David were called priests. Uh, but in the Levitical sense, the priests are a subgroup within the Levites. And the job of the Levites is to help their uh, brothers, the priests, mm-hmm. the Kohanim. Um, who are also Levites. Mm-hmm. So let's just look really quickly at a few verses that talk about this. Deuteronomy 17.9 is one of the famous verses. Um, listen to Torah Pearls for more about it. Um, 17.9, uh, let's start in 17.8. It says, if a case is too, diffi- uh, too difficult for you to decide, be it a controversy over homicide, civil, or assault, matters of dispute in your courts, you shall promptly repair to the place that Jehovah your God will have chosen, meaning the temple, and appear before the Levitical priest. And it says in Hebrew, Hakohanim uh, Halavim, meaning mm-hmm. the priests who are from the tribe of Levi. It's mm-hmm. Not all Levites, but it's the Levitical priests, or the magistrate in charge at, that, at the time, and present your problem, etc., etc. So you go and you bring these difficult cases to the Levite, uh, who is a pre- the Levitical priests. Um, and then Deuteronomy twenty-four eight is a really interesting example, which I think connects directly to um, mm-hmm. Malachi. It says, in cases of uh, skin affection, tzarat, uh, leprosy. Be most careful to do exactly as the Levitical priests instruct you. Take care to do as I have commanded them. And why is that? Because if you read Leviticus, you'll have no idea what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really it, it requires someone to spend a great deal of time studying Leviticus, the section those sections on the, on the leprosy and whatever all that's about, and then looking at actual cases and learning it. So it's saying, look, you've got these experts who know how to do that. Levitical priests, mm-hmm. listen to what they say about that. Um, so we have this idea of we've got to go and, and hear what the Levitical priests have to say and learn from them. And um, uh, two more really quick verses uh, that have to do specifically with the Levites, because uh, he does say the covenant of Levi. So Numbers 3, and again, this is in Torah Pearls, he actually chooses there the Levites. Um, and so, for example, in verse 12, it says, I hereby take the Levites from among the Israelites in place of all the firstborn. Um, and then earlier in the chapter, it talks about how their job will be to help the priests. In verse mm-hmm. 9, you shall assign the Levites to Aaron and to his sons. Mm-hmm. So the job of the Levi'im, of the Levites, is to help the Kohanim, the descendants of Aaron. They are formally assigned to him from among the Israelites, Numbers 3.9. Um, and then one more verse to talk about here in this context is Exodus 32. And why is that important? Because here is the reason they were chosen. And this directly explains 
what we just read in Malachi. And let's reread that in Malachi, or let's read this verse. So this is when there's the um, what takes place here is the uh, you know the the sin of the of the um, of the golden calf, and it says in verse 26, Moses stood up in the gate of the camp and said, "Whoever is for Jehovah, come to, come here." And all the Levites rallied to him. Mm-hmm. So the Levites were the ones who immediately responded, "Okay, who's going to be on the side of Jehovah? It's going to be the Levites." And that's what he's talking about in Malachi. Let's find that verse that we just read. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 4. Verse 4. Yep. Uh, and you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, uh, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith Jehovah of hosts, my covenant with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear with, wherewith he feared me. Where did that take place? Back in Exodus 32, mm-hmm. verse 26, when mm-hmm. all the people were you know, looking at the golden calf, and this guy Moses comes, and he breaks tablets, and Moses says, okay, who's on the side of Jehovah? And they Amen. run to him. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, we're going to do a little accountability here. Can we do this? Can sure. I add just a little accountability? What's that? So we, we, we already gave a hint about next week. Can I, can I add something to Prophet Pearls? Sure. Folks that are listening right now, I want to challenge you to do something. If you haven't listened to everything up to this point this week, go back and catch up. But the other thing I want you to do is I want you to read ahead. And this will challenge Nehemiah and I because we got to also read ahead yeah. as we're doing what we're doing. The next time we're going to be meeting, we're going to be talking about Hosea 12, 12 to 14. And I'm sorry, 12, 12 to 14, 9. Which in the Hebrew is 12, 13 to 14, 10. So for those that are reading in the Hebrew, it's 12, 13 to 14, 10. Those that are reading in NIV, it's 12, 12 to 14, 9. And for all the rest of us, we're just going to read the whole Bible till next week. So we make sure that we got everything we're possibly going to talk about. Uh, is there anything else, Nehemiah, you want to say? I can't believe it. We're almost there, folks. I can't believe it. We're, we're going to make it. We're going to make it under, under an hour. An hour. There, okay. I, I shouldn't ask him. If well, there's no, any so, so there's one more thing. Just kind of yes. a, um, you know, uh, I want to invite people to, you know, I've got a lot of emails and messages from people said, oh, I love this so much. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. This has changed my life. And and you know, here's something you can do to change other people's lives and 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 be part of what we're doing here. In addition to listening to it, as you can go and and uh, you know and, and take that link and you can share it on your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And and that's not a small thing. That's a really important thing mm-hmm. to get this message out. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Google Plus. Send it out to your friends. Send Twitter. it out to your family. Tweet it. Get this message out. Uh, if you're in China, you can put it out on QQ and and those other things they got there. And, Weibo. and we have people all over the world. Yeah, we, and we do have those people. So really, please get this message out so that other people can hear it as well. Mm-hmm. And, and the best way to do that is to just, you know, send it out there. But another thing you can do is go to iTunes mm-hmm. and download this episode. And then when you do that, you can then write a review. And I don't know if you know this, Keith, but the more reviews you have, and hopefully positive reviews, mm-hmm. um, the higher up iTunes will put you in the rankings. So that's mm. actually really important as a way of communicating this message to people. Awesome. And the other thing we want you to do is uh, some of you have great statements. Sherry, I want to challenge you. you. You wrote so much amazing stuff. I want you to challenge you to go to the comments section and go ahead and put some of those comments in. I think it's really going to bless people. One of our Pro- Profit Pro partners. Uh, those of you that are listening, please feel free to comment. We want you to comment. We want you to share your thoughts about it. Go to NehemiahsWall.com. Go to BFAInternational.com. And in the meantime, what we're going to do is we're going to try to get ahead of you guys. We because it seems to me there's some folks out there that are probably going to take our challenge seriously. I mean, so let's uh, let's bring it close. Anything you want to say? I want to say to you again, happy birthday. Thank are you, you 35 yet, Nehemiah? I'm a little older than that. Are you 36? <laughs> no. Okay. Are you still looking for someone that might... Uh, amen. Okay, amen. So anyone out there that wants a big birthday boy, he's a lot smaller right now as we read all of this. I want to say congratulations to you. I Thank left you. town and I came back and Nehemiah, you looked different. You had a shine on your face. Your face was thinned out and, and I just I want to say you've been doing really really amazing with the discipline with the uh, 
with the diet. And I want to say something. Yeah. From my tradition, we talk about making our bodies a living sacrifice, yeah. that our bodies become a sacrifice mm-hmm. to him. And so how you're treating your body mm-hmm. is a blessing uh, to those that are watching. And again, mm-hmm. we're, 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 we're standing with you as you do that. Anything you want to say before yeah, well, we Yeah, I've got some keto clarity. So yeah. <laughs> keto clarity, folks. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you studying. We appreciate you reading. And we appreciate you watching. And certainly we appreciate you praying. So until next time, uh, just keep doing all those things. Amen. And, when, and, and be ready when you hear the, the angel of Yehovah say, Mi la Yehovah Eli, who is for Yehovah, come to me. Be ready to go. Just like the Levites. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit NehemiasWall.com and BFAInternational.com.